I love Notre Dame. We talked about yeah. like this is the time to jump on AM. Kind of feels yeah. like this might be the time to jump on Notre Dame this week uh, as well. Defensively, they're still very, very good. Hello, welcome to Always College Football. Today is Thursday, September 15th. We appreciate you being with us from wherever it is you're getting the content, whether that's on ESPN's YouTube channel or if you're here with us via the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, please like, rate, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It really helps the show out. He's Mark Kubiak. I'm Greg McElroy. It's going to be a great show today. It's what we do every Thursday. It's when we talk about some of the action that's coming this weekend. We hit the games from every possible angle. You guys know that. Every storyline, every question, everything we need to be looking for. But we always have to carve out one day for those of you that want to have a little action. So that's what today is for. We have Chris the Bear Felica who joins us every single Thursday. So they'll do it again this week. Without much further ado, let's talk about it. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, we welcome him in. He's here with us every single week. We appreciate him so much. He's Chris the Bear Felica of Game Day fame, Daily Wager fame, and of course, the Stanford Steve and Bear podcast. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not, not much. Just uh, had, a, had a, uh, a, a nice week, too. And boy, that was some unbelievable. I mean, what, what do we have? Three teams, at least three, north of uh, 17 points that wound up winning outright. So it, it looks like one of those weeks again this week where you got. I think the top 10 team on average is favored by like 30-something points a game. And only, <laughs> only one is favored by like fewer than 13 points. So uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a very eventful shake-up-the-rankings type of thing. But 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 in this crazy sport, as you know, uh, it seems like every week there's a, kind of a, an eye scra- a head-scratching, eyebrow-raising result. And we'll see if we get one on uh, on Saturday. It feels like we're going to. It feels like the overreaction last week was insanely strong. If mm-hmm. you played on the overreactions, you probably fared pretty well. At least yeah, exactly. uh, I would imagine you probably did. So let's let's get into some of the overreactions this week. Uh, get started Friday night with a game that's very intriguing to me. Uh, Florida State on the road at Louisville. Line opened at a point and a half. Now up to two and a half in favor of Florida State. Louisville's a team that I have a difficult time backing, even though they're at home bear. So this one is a bit of a tricky one. You want to get off to a winning week. This might be one that you want to avoid. 
Well, it might be, but at the same time, I actually like Louisville in this game. I, I, what they showed me in the second half last week defensively, uh, they played much better shutting down that UCF offense and, uh, and John Rice Plumley. They didn't commit the mind-numbing turnovers like they did uh, in, in the loss at Syracuse the week before. Um, look, Florida State did get the win over LSU uh, at the Superdome, but I don't know. Did, did To me, I, I don't know how you feel about it, that felt more like LSU kind of really botching some things in that game, uh, helping Florida State along the way, and Florida State having an unbelievable night on third down. So I don't know. I think I think Louisville plus the points is the uh, is the play here. Yeah, you might as well just take the money line. I mean, you look at that one, two and a half. I mean, are you really getting any value with a two-point swing? I don't know. I, I kind of think, Bear, with Louisville, I don't really trust them. They're so one-dimensional. I'm not sold on their wide receivers, but I think Florida State's probably the best passing attack. Even though Syracuse has looked pretty good, Garrett Schrader has looked pretty good, this is going to be the best passing attack that Louisville's seen up to this point of the mm-hmm. year. So Florida State's balance, I think, might give them a slight edge, but it's a stay away from me. However, on Friday night, I'm hammering Air Force every which way. That line's already come down. It opened 16.5, down to 14.5. They're on the road at Wyoming, and Wyoming looked much better in week two than they did in week one or week zero. But, man, I can't back anyone other than Air Force right now with how they're able to establish the line of scrimmage. I love Air Force in this spot. It, 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 it seems like it might – I don't know. There are people out there that really like Wyoming in this spot, pointing to – I mean, you know that they're going to be prepared – to slow down that, uh, or at least attempt to slow down that option attack, having played it, and Craig Ball being a defensive guy. Um, that's a stay away for me, but, but because I know there are people out there that um, that grab Wyoming plus 17, and that number has uh, has come down since. So uh, if you do like Air Force, you, you're, you're definitely getting, at the very least, the best of the number. Yeah, I, I know that it's one where it's like road favorite by a couple touchdowns feels dangerous. Uh, I can't get behind Wyoming, not with how Syracuse has played here in the early going. Let's get to Saturday. A few games. But, but you, know, you know what? Don't you, as we talked about last week, I, like I loved Mississippi State last week, and, and they right. came through relatively. It's like, like sometimes you just get a spot where a team is better than the other. People have this mental block at times. Oh, I can't lay double digits on the road. Well, there's a right. reason why they're a double digit. That was one of the overreaction games uh, that, that we hit on as well. We kind of pointed to, like, that was probably more about San Diego State than, than Arizona, and, and that worked out. But I just wanted to throw in there, like, uh, don't be afraid to lay points on the road with some teams because th- there's a reason at times uh, that the number's as big as it is. Well, it makes perfect sense, too. I mean, at this point, though, I still feel like so many teams are a bit of an unknown. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like I know about Air Force. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. But, man, I love what I've seen from them in the first couple weeks. They are as advertised. Now getting to the slate that I absolutely love. This is my favorite card so far this this year. Really? Uh, Yes, and it's not really all that close, if I'm going to be completely honest, Bear. As I look through it, and start to kind of go through line by line. There's a couple of bells and whistles going off for me. Let's start with one of the biggest games of the weekend. It'll be noon on Fox. It's Oklahoma on the road at Nebraska. Oklahoma slow start last week. Nebraska just fired their coach. This is Nebraska all day and twice on Saturday to me. Getting 11 at home. Mickey Joseph's going to have those guys running through a brick wall. I happen to think that Oklahoma is good, but still relatively unproven. And the start last week... I think maybe a little bit uneasy seeing just how 
poorly they played against Kent State early on. Couldn't really find an answer for a mobile quarterback, I might add. Not that Casey Thompson's super mobile, but I did not think their first half performance was anything that you want to back at this point. So I love Nebraska in this spot. Where do you stand on arguably the game of the weekend? Yeah, it's it's Nebraska or pass for me. And, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like when we just did our reactions about uh, week zero. We were like, hey, uh, Nebraska's lost to Northwestern. If it did do, if it did anything, uh, it may give you an opportunity to back the Huskers as a bigger bigger underdog against Oklahoma when the Sooners come to town. But but I'm with you. I don't necessarily think. Uh, Scott Frost's departure is going to have a, a super adverse effect on, on Nebraska here. It, 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 it is, in fact, it, it might have a, a, a positive effect because he's had a knack of just losing close games and some of the decision-making hasn't been great. And sure, they've committed some odd turnovers and lost him in, in, weird, in a weird way. But uh, change here, I think, could be good. And, and look, I, I, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, with Oklahoma, I, I think they're good, but but I, I think they definitely have some uh, s- s- some holes. And I think you saw last week um, that was concerning. Uh, I know in the second half they pulled away, but uh, that was a team that Washington basically just jumped on early and, and blew out, and, and and they really needed some help uh, finally to take the the lead going into halftime and then pulling away. So I, I think this is a this is about as good of a situation as you could hope for for Nebraska. Home against an old rival, uh, back totally against the wall, haven't looked great. Uh, new coach, like all at least, at least the very least, all of the intangible checks point to Nebraska. Now, yeah. can they slow down Dylan Gabriel and Levy and that offense? We'll see. But but I'm with you. This would be Nebraska or pass for me. Yeah, I still think Oklahoma wins the game, but it just feels like north of 10 points. It's way too many to me. Mm -hmm. Especially, hey, if there's one thing we've learned, Nebraska loves to lose close ones. Uh, (laughs) If nothing else. All right, and then maybe one of my favorites of the weekend, maybe my favorite play. Uh, It's an all-points bulletin, alarms and bells and whistles going off. It's one of your favorite plays. You have the number 11 team in the country on the road at a team that's unranked, and yet the unranked team is favored by three and a half points. That would be Michigan State heading to Washington. I love Washington in this spot. Michael Penix and this passing attack looks to be the real deal. Really good weapons on the perimeter. There are things, some things to clean up up front, and I think defensively still some question marks for me. But Michigan State, even though they've run the ball very effectively the first couple games, I haven't really seen the passing attack really take off. And I'm still wondering, Bear, can Michigan State stop anyone through the air? I don't know that as of right now. Granted, yes, they looked okay the last couple weeks, but who have they played? So I think Michigan State is ripe for the upset here. I love Washington. I'd lay the points. I'd buy it down to three, but three and a half to me makes me even feel even better about the Huskies pulling I it think off. There, I think there are some threes actually out there if you if you if you really? look around as well. So <laughs> uh, you can you can look around. I know he, you love this game. This is like well, right up your alley. Here's the, here's the problem. I am already so invested on a, on a Michigan State season win total under that it's kind of hard for me. This is like one of those games that I went into the year expecting them to lose. So like I'm already I've already like made a made a wager kind of on this game. That being said, this is a team last year that they were a single digit underdog four times. Yeah. And they won all four of those games outright. Now you could argue that they probably couldn't or shouldn't have won at least one or two of those, fine. 
but uh, they, they found ways to, to win these games. But uh, I, I was higher on Washington than a lot of people entering the year, and I thought some of the, the factors of, of Michigan State last year would not be sustainable this year. So I would agree with you that it, Washington is the only side in this game that you can play. But uh, just because of a season-long position I have uh, with, with the Spartans, I'm not going to uh, to kind of double up on this one just in case uh, Michigan State does go to Seattle and uh, and pull the pull the uh, yeah. I mean, I remember the them being what a six-point dog on the road at Miami in Week Three last yep. year and opened up a can on the Hurricanes. So well, it's it, not it like was like well, it was a, it was either tied or a like a 17-13 game or something like that going to the. Uh, Going to the fourth quarter, and then Miami had trouble with special teams debacle. You had the the Michigan game uh, right. where where they were they were trailing in in the uh, in the third quarter. Northwestern was at the opener was kind of not competitive. Penn State they uh, won a close game, so they they uh, the the close game meter was definitely on uh, Michigan State side last year. But but I, I agree with you. If, if I'm looking at this game solely from the prism of a single game, not, nothing season long. Uh, to do with it, I would take Washington because the number is telling you all you need to know. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, BYU on the road at Oregon. Oregon back end of the top 25. For what reason? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> uh, preseason prognostications, I would suppose, but maybe that's part of the reason why we should totally just disintegrate all preseason polls, but Oregon's in the top 25. We like to talk. At, well, what are we going to talk about if we get rid of preseason I get that, polls? but don't, don't, you're telling me last week's performance. Oh, yeah, no, they've got it all figured out now. Put absolutely. them back in. No, Eastern Washington, break. absolutely. Give me a break. All right, BYU's on the road. They are getting three and a half points. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that I think is tricky because I look at Oregon and I think they are flawed city, but when I see three and a half opened at six and a half, I might add down to three and a half. So at least there's some steam coming in on the Cougars. I love BYU in this spot. Uh, I don't think Oregon's super athletic. I think they're good and physical in the front, but not super athletic. Neither is BYU, I might add. And uh, I know right now, still TBD on their wide receivers. Will Pukanuku be back? Will Romney be back? Are they both out? I, I, I don't think they either are playing. From what, okay. from what I gather, I don't expect either of them to play, and that's one of the reasons why I actually like Oregon in this game. Uh, I, I think it feels contrarian. It feels like you're fading yes. present, like the most recent performance. I feel like I get that. So that's why I feel like BYU is such a public play. But, man, mm-hmm. I I almost it's, – it's either BYU or stay away from me because I cannot get behind Oregon given what I saw two weeks ago. Well, though, that's the problem. I, I have very little uh, – I don't want to say respect. I guess I should say confidence uh, in the Oregon offense. Like, like right. they, they, that is troublesome to me. But they still have got guys on that defensive side of the ball who are who are pretty good. And I do think that they'll give BYU's offense problems, especially uh, if Romney and and Nakua are out, which I don't believe. Which I which I do believe uh, that they will be. Uh, We'll we'll see for 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 me. This is Oregon or pass. It's interesting though. If you go back to November of 2019, this is just the fourth time BYU has been an underdog. So like this really? is a team that has yeah uh, the only you, the only teams to be an underdog fewer than BYU in the span amongst Power Five and Independence or Wisconsin. Wisconsin's only been underdog once since November 2019. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma have been a dog twice. 
Georgia, Ohio State, Utah three. So like BYU is a team, regardless of how good their schedule has, has been and, and uh, the type of teams that they played, uh, Vegas respects them. So it's a yeah. very rare instance, and maybe that's why people are jumping on BYU. It's an opportunity to grab points uh, with, with a very successful team. Yeah, I, I like BYU a lot. I love that team, and I know that it. I just I can't get back on the backside of a public play right here. I just can't. Uh, but then again, as I you know, SC was pu- as public as it gets last week, and you know, rode them all yeah. the way to the squeeze at the end, right? So yeah. uh, I just I can't get behind BYU. I just can't. Um, I can't get behind Oregon. Excuse me. So therefore, it's a complete stay away from me. Let's get to the trendy dog section of the breakdown. Uh, UTSA and Fresno, UTSA Mm. traveling to the Texas Longhorns right now, pretty decent amount of the action, decent percentage of the action ticket count on in favor of Texas money count in favor of UTSA. Same to be said with USC and Fresno ticket count heavily in favor of USC money count heavily in favor of Fresno. So it feels like right now, bear both the, the sharps are all over both UTSA and Fresno, but it, gosh, it feels very, very trendy given the overreactions of last week. Yeah, I, these are two absolute utter stay away games for me. Like, <laughs> I, you know, seriously, I want no part of UTSA or Texas because this game, I think, is actually a bigger game for Texas than last week was. You've got an up and coming in state school against a very good coaching staff off of that horrible, not horrible, but just gut-wrenching loss. You'll lose your starting quarterback. Your backup quarterback got hurt. Like, like how long did that loss stay with Texas? That, that's mm-hmm. what I'd like to know. And, oh, by the way, UTSA is pretty good and has a lot of skill on the offensive side of the ball, and they're pretty good up front on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, like, it's a it's – a, Brutal game, I think, for a brutal spot for Texas here, uh, and I, I would think most people will it will be UTSA or pass for most people. The other game is interesting too because uh, I think more people are going to be on USC in this game. I, I think I think really? the USC yeah I think the USC money is going to be coming in because I think people will can or maybe overreact to the way. Fresno State lost last week to to an Oregon State team, by the way, which which is pretty good. Um, and you see the, the video game offensive numbers that, that USC is putting up. The, the question I have with USC is offensively they're going to score. And maybe that's just the way you play USC throughout the year is just USC team total over. Uh, but at the same time, I want to know what happens when teams start when, when teams finally stop shooting themselves in the foot and don't turn it over three times in the red zone or the or SC doesn't get five tip passes, pass interceptions like they have uh, in, in the first two games. Uh, the, the points of turnovers are 52 to nothing through two games. So those mm. things are not sustainable. So what's going to happen if a team plays a clean game, like you would expect Jay Kaner and the Bulldogs to do. So again, this is a pass for me. Uh, if I had to do anything, I would look at a USC team total over. No, well, you said the team total, but what about just, Overall totals. I mean, Jake Hayner and Fresno, they're going to score some points. Or mm-hmm. At least I would assume they're going to score some points. So at what point do you stop or at what point do you stop betting the USC over? Because it feels like to me every week the over feels like a lock, stock, and barrel, even though you know, 73 and a half seems like a pretty big number. Well, well, well what are they what's what are they telling you then? They're they're expecting what 40 42 
Forty-two thirty, somewhere around there, is, is what you're you're expecting for just there. about right about there. So, uh, I, I feel I feel probably better uh, about just isolating SC there and going over their total, just in case the uh, the turnover juju uh, continues there. <laughs> Certainly feels that way. Uh, let's go to um, Georgia South Carolina game in the preseason that we said. All right, Georgia needs to be a little bit careful here. South Carolina feels. Like they have some momentum now. South Carolina Do down a couple. Well, be in the preseason, <laughs> not oh, <okay>. right now. <laughs> yeah, in the preseason, very much the opposite. Now uh, they've now lost a couple defenders to season-ending ACL injuries. Spencer Rattler has run for his life. They've made some plays, and it looks like the weapons on the perimeter are okay. But I think their their defense lacks uh, perimeter skill. I think their defense lacks rangy sideline to sideline speed and athleticism, and if. You can't do those things against Georgia. I don't know how you get behind it. This line's now at 24 and a half. I'd actually lay the points. It feels public, but I don't know how you can get behind South Carolina based on what you've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I mean, uh, Georgia had their predictable kind of ho-hum, just go through the motions type of win last week. And, and I think this will be a – this is a big recruiting type game in that area as well. So, you know, Kirby will have that team ready to go. And I, I agree with you. I just don't know how South Carolina will be able to slow that team down, uh, given all the weapons that they have uh, through the passing game and the running game. Uh, and Rattler, like I said, Rattler's run for his life, so it's got it's got, it's going to be an issue. So, do I like laying twenty four and a half? Probably not. But at the same time, you could be looking at maybe fourteen nothing kind of end of the first quarter and be like, okay, we're on our way here. So I would agree it would be Georgia or pass for me uh, if I was looking to get in this game. Or the other way you could approach it too is maybe you just kind of wait it out, you lie bet it, and maybe you luck out and uh, Georgia goes three and out and maybe the, the line dips under 20 after one drive or something and you can get a, a little bit of a reduced line. That, that's something I think you need to consider as well. Yeah, certainly makes sense there, Bear. All right, let's get to some home SEC teams against out-of-conference foes. Uh, much has been made about Texas A&M. Can't wait to get to your reaction to that game. And then Penn State on the road at Auburn. Uh, I'm looking at the – let's start with the Penn State-Auburn game. And I think Auburn is by far the most physically gifted team that Penn State has played so far, especially when taking into account their defensive front which I think can take advantage of an average, if not slightly below average, offensive line for Penn State. I love what Penn State did on the ground last week with their backs and their rushing attack, but I don't see you getting your getting that kind of yardage uh, against an Auburn defensive front that's pretty dang stout. Meanwhile, I think Auburn's going to have a difficult time manufacturing a ton of points through the year, but why would you want to going against that Penn State secondary? So I think Auburn actually matches up really well in this spot. Plus, I know how hard it is to play in Jordan-Hare. It's the first time a Big Ten opponent has ever played in Jordan-Hare. So I lean Auburn in this spot, even though the line is steaming away from the Tigers. It's tough for me to back Penn State on the road against a team that's going to bring, I would think, their A game on Saturday. Well, I've seen, what, Penn State minus three. That's the number the latest number that I saw. Have you seen something different than Correct. that? No, that's where it's at. It's at three. Okay. Yeah, I, I would lean towards taking Auburn the home dog. I like the matchup. Again, I don't think I don't think either uh, quarterback is uh, is any great shakes by any means. Um, I'm curious to see how Penn State travels going on the road in that environment. They had a great comeback win 
against Purdue in the season over. But I think this environment uh, in in this setting uh, will be a little bit more difficult than that against a much better uh, defense and, and and a hostile crowd. Look, I I would lean towards taking the points in this game uh, if you're looking for a little nudge as to some historical trends and precedents. Uh, if you go back in the last seven regular season games under uh, under James Franklin, Penn State's two and five uh, when they're favored by by less than seven points. And if you look at the thirteen regular season road games uh, under James Franklin in the situation, favored by seven away from well, just say favored, favored. Let me get it right: four and nine ATS, thirteen regular season games away from home uh, under wow. James Franklin. So, like the, the trend says. This will be a close game or an Auburn win. So that's if you're looking for for something more historical, if you want to go further than just the the matchup where you think Auburn might be able to control the line of scrimmage or have some success against Penn State's offensive line, that would be the way to go. One other factor too: Auburn's yet to force a turnover this year. Sean Clifford, with the exception of the bad pick he threw against Purdue, has kept a clean sheet. So mm-hmm. um, maybe Auburn's do. Uh, you know, turnovers sometimes come in bunches. Maybe it happens this weekend if their defensive line can affect what's been, I think, a, a pretty st- pretty solid start for Sean Clifford in some ways. Uh, Miami yeah. at A and M. The overreaction is real. Everyone and their brother on Miami <laughs> right now. Line opened at eight. It's now down to five and a half. Uh, I don't know how you can play Miami in this spot, Bear. I, don't either. I, I just I understand. Hey, they're the favored team. Uh, they're the they're the higher ranked team. They're you know they've looked good so far, um, with the exception of maybe a slow start last week. The quarterback plays great. I love their running game. Uh, I think the transfer from Ole Miss is terrific. So there's a lot to like about Miami, and it feels like they have some momentum. And in the court of public opinion, people love them. Meanwhile, everyone's killing A&M. That's when I love A&M. So where do you stand here? Yeah, and I think if you look at Miami, they're still kind of searching for some game breakers at wide receiver. Uh, It's early in the season. We we haven't seen anything yet. Maybe, again, this is a spot where it happens. I I think they're still kind of looking for uh, some guys in that in that linebacker area as well that could uh that, that will step up but but yeah uh, the fact that AM just couldn't get on couldn't get uh Appalachian State off the field last week everyone is in in, in the world is bad mouth and Jimbo and Haynes King and over at AM embarrassing loss I agree with you it's AM or, or or pass for me and if you wait a little longer you're probably uh, be able to get a bit better of a number in and, and, and this spot as well. Like, hey, hey, if you got to go inside the box score of like that game last week, uh, I know A&M was bad offensively, but it wasn't like Appalachian State did much offensively either. Like, I, right. I think that uh, Bill Connolly does a great job uh, of like the post-game win expectancy, and I think he put Appalachian State's post-game win expectancy uh, based on what happened in the game at like 22%. So it wasn't like Appalachian State went in there and dominated the game. It was just kind of this one of those weird situations. Remember, like the the South Carolina Georgia game a couple couple of years ago, where it was like, how the hell did that kind of happen? Sometimes it, it just does. But I would expect A and M to to bounce back and and see their defense really give uh, Miami some problems uh, on the offensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's uh, let's hold our nose for a little bit here and, oh, and spray I'm, the board. How does that sound? <laughs> oh, I, I'm, last last week was hold. Last week you thought was hold your nose. I I got a couple more hold your nose for you this week as well. <laughs> Good, I love that. Uh, one that's not as hold your nose as others is Purdue on the road at Syracuse. I love Syracuse in this spot. I think Garrett Schrader's turned the corner. I love their one-two punch they have at the running game. So far, Schrader here in the first two games of the year has been more efficient throwing the football than I've seen at any point in his career, even dating back to his time at Mississippi State, plus defensively. I think Hughes is doing some things that I've liked what I've seen so far. So uh, turning turn the ball over, making people turn it over, I mean, they've, they've done a pretty solid job. Feels like Purdue, to me, is still kind of riding the high of the performance a couple weeks ago against Penn State when everyone's like, well, they should have won. Uh, they did everything to win and then gave it away, you know, with a play or two here and there. They kind of just handed on the silver platter to the line. So uh, Syracuse feels like the public side, but that's kind of the side I'm leaning. Bear, I don't know how you see it. it it's interesting because I think if you look at the tale of two quarterbacks and the tale of two offenses – uh, look at Robert and I. You mentioned Garrett Schrader turning the corner under him at Syracuse. And look at Brennan Armstrong in Virginia. He has not been uh, the player that he's been in recent years right. uh, without an eye in Charlottesville. So I think I, I think there is some credence there. And, and I like the Syracuse defense as well. I, I think that would be the way uh, I, I would go here. Now this this is this isn't a whole, this is one of the more uh, I, I think interesting games of the week because. Uh, you you look at you look at Syracuse coming into the year and kind of the pressure that they were under, but you've gotten great play from Schrader. You've got a great running back in Tucker. You've got you've got a, a more than serviceable, I think, defense. Like I, I like the orange in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I I mean, it's not as like I said, it's not as hold your nose, but it's one of those where I don't really have a side I love, but. Syracuse kind of feels like the hot hand, and I think they can run the football. I really believe that uh, with either Sean Tucker or Garrett Schrader. Uh, now it's time to really get into some hold your nose. Tulane on the road at Kansas State. Major overreaction, <laughs> I think, to Kansas State, but I have not liked, uh, not spent a ton of time on Tulane up to this point. Um, Tulane feels like the right side getting 16 and a half. Now it's down to 14. But after what I saw from Kansas State, how can you back a Tulane team after what Kansas State put on tape last week? Plus, you know Chris Kleiman's going to have his guys ready to play. They're not going to be reading the rat poison this this week and you know listening to how good they are. This is Kansas State. Kleiman's going to have them ready to roll. So uh, this one is like a hold your nose, but I almost feel like I have to take Tulane just because of the steam. And the other the other thing, and it's going to kind of go in where so I'm going to segment myself right into another game uh, after this. Kansas State's got Oklahoma next week. Ooh, um, yeah. like the, it, it's, it is, the spot screams uh, Tulane here. Right. I mean, they're, they're well coached. Pratt, Pratt is a more than serviceable, uh, experienced quarterback that they have. This is Tulane or pass for me. It's not like uh, Kansas State has been like this outstanding, like, oh, oh my goodness type. I mean, South, South Dakota is just an is a, a Ben FCS team that's not a great one. And Missouri, I don't think either of us think Missouri uh, no. is very good. They, I think they had a, a special teams touchdown in that game as well. This game screams to me uh, two laner pass. So yeah. uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm holding my nose here with, with, <laughs> with, 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 the, with, with the green wave, and I'm going to hold my nose uh, in the Palouse as well. 
the Colorado, Colorado, wow. Colorado State is awful. I mean, I, I mean, there are no ifs and or you're, about you're it. counting on some rat poison on the Palouse. Not necessarily rat poison, but Wazoo pulled the big upset last week. Right. They only had 250 yards, overcame three turnovers. I mean, Wisconsin was terrible. Uh, they struggled even in the first game against Idaho with turnovers. So uh, turnovers have been a problem with, with Cam Ward and that offense so far. You've got Oregon next week. That's a game that they're looking forward to. It's a total flat, be careful type spot. Uh, so I would, again, I just hold your nose, take the horrible Colorado State team, grab the 17, and don't watch the game. Just don't watch the game. Don't watch just, it. Don't, don't watch even it. <laughs> just about three hours after kickoff, just check the score and see what happens. But it's not one to watch, but I think the Rams, uh, as bad as they are, are the right side. And I'm going to – look, Nevada is terrible. I don't think – under- Okay, I, 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 here we go. That was – I was about to ask you about it. Is yeah. now the week you take the over yes. in the Iowa No, no, Nevada not the game. over. Not the over. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just laying the 22 and a half with Iowa. 20, uh, like, the total is 39. And you're going to lay but, north of three touchdowns. But Nevada might not score. That's the thing. I mean, this could very this very easily could be twenty four nothing. Yeah, like like Nevada, Nevada. The only way Nevada scores is if Iowa turns the ball over, and we know that they're not going to like be a high risk offense where they're right. going to give Nevada uh, short fields. They, they're going to they're going to punt. They're not going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, they're going to dominate field possession. They should dominate time of possession. And Nevada had a coming, coming off the, the the loss to Incarnate Word. They they stole some wins early in the year. With I think they had forced nine turnovers uh, in, in the first two weeks and 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 won those won those games against Texas State and and New Mexico State. But I think this is the spot where everyone, again Iowa's been the punchline. Spectra Petrus three point four QBR. Brian Ferentz nepotism offense awful. How do they keep running this like? This is the week I think where you where you hop on Iowa because uh, Nevada is not reaching double digits point wise. So I'm laying the uh, the 22 and a half here with the uh, with the Hawkeyes. So I think the, you said Nevada's not reaching double digits. Do you feel confident in Iowa reaching double digits? Yes, that's the question. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I, this is this is going to be a, we are getting an offensive touchdown this week. I can promise you that. I feel good about it. One more I wanted to ask you about because it's a game that really intrigues me with what Texas Tech has done. They're on the road at NC State. NC State, I think people are going to kind of read between the lines. Really interesting game. I think Texas Tech is extremely dangerous. I think their quarterback, Donovan Smith, gives them a dual threat element that they haven't had at the position. And people overreacted to that last week. Like, oh, they were without Tyler. That was stealing. Donovan Smith (laughs) is probably better. He, I think uh, to make everyone else around them better, Donovan Smith is – I don't want to call it an upgrade because I think Tyler Shuck's got good, solid potential throwing the football. But Donovan Smith at the college level, really good with how he can kind of put things together. That drive he put together at the end was phenomenal. Tie it up, send it overtime. So uh, they're on the road at NC State. Uh, I know NC State is good, and people are probably still lingering on the performance, what they did against ECU when they got by barely – there at the very end as a result of a couple missed kicks. 10 is the number down from 10 and a half. Do you have a feel here? No, I, I could see this a, being a Texas Tech outright upset win, or I could see them going on the road and struggling. 
and NC State winning by double digits. So that, yeah. this is, again, this is one of those really interesting games to observe. I probably don't want to hop in. If you got one of your little contests before the uh, before the game start, you got you to circle on, on your parlay sheet or your picks pool or whatever. I'd probably lean towards taking the points, but uh, no, no result in this game would truly shock me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Is there anything else you love there? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm waiting to see what the team total is for uh, New Mexico State at Wisconsin. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, wait, if it's two and a half, it's or three and a half. It's probably too high. Like you wow. know, I mean, Wisconsin's got all sorts of problems uh, offensively, but you know, Jimmy Leonard's defense is going to do a great job. And you've got what Jerry Kill uh, at New Mexico State. You know, I'm, I'm sure the uh, all of these former Big Ten. Uh, opponents of his would would love to just completely kind of shut them down. And I don't want to say embarrassed, but at the same time, just kind of is a great opportunity for Wisconsin to get right uh, ahead of the trip to uh, to Columbus next week. So I would I would consider uh, playing the uh, the New Mexico State team total under once that comes out. And we talked about it's going to be Navy. six. It's going to be six and a half. I'll, I'll just, go. I'll, I'll go under. Then it's going to touchdown. That's what it's going to be. I mean, they're not, they're I not, they're not it's 47 and a half on the total. 37 is the line. It's going to be six and a half, give or take. They're not scoring a touchdown. The only uh, way they score a touchdown is if Wisconsin pulls their guys uh, and, and the game is out of hand. It's because they don't they want to rest them up and don't have anybody get hurt uh, when they go to Ohio State next week. And then we it. talked about all another kind of overreaction. Where are you with uh, Notre Dame Cal? We, we know the great numbers that, Justin Wilcox has played has had uh, as an underdog with Cal, but again, this is an offense that struggles. Really, don't punch it into the red zone. A couple of short field goals last week. I mean, you know, we didn't convert a third down last week, and they covered, which was great for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it almost, it almost it almost feels like like this. Is I the, love we talked about, we, we talked about yeah. like this is the time to jump on A and M. Kind of feels yeah. like this might be the time to jump on Notre Dame this week uh, as well defensively. They're still very, very good, and and you, look, Pine is not a thrower. We, we they're going to have quarterback problems, but you would think between Mayer and some of the running backs, uh, they should be able to score uh, 24, 27 type points. You would think Pine and, and Pine that, could give you enough. Now that he's got a week of work being with the ones. He can give you enough. He's he's not. Okay. He's not going to be a star. I think he's a poor man's Ian Book, but Ian Book won a lot of games. Pretty good. He did. Uh, so if he can just be serviceable, smart, not turn the ball over, which he didn't do last week, uh, I think he can give them a chance. We'll see. But I love Notre Dame in this spot. The overreaction strong. Ten and a half, I'd lay him. I really would. I don't think Cal's played anybody yet, and I'm not sure Cal will be able to manufacture a whole lot offensively against that defense like you alluded to. This is a battle-tested team. Say what you want about Notre Dame. They're battle-tested. They better stop inside zone, though, because if you can't <laughs> stop inside zone, they're going to have a whole world of hurt, not just this week, but in the weeks to come. Bear, we so appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Great, great stuff. Uh, good plan, and we see uh, whether or not you finish on the winning side this week, man. Good luck. Absolutely. Good luck to you, bud. Have a great weekend, everybody. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to like, rate, and subscribe as well. It really helps us out. It really helps the show out. If you're on YouTube, hit that little thumbs up button right beneath the video. That's a like. You can't rate on the YouTube channel. So don't worry about rating. You can rate if you're on the podcast. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, give us five stars or don't rate. It's it's one or the other. It's fine. Uh, so we really appreciate that. And tell your friends, word of mouth is significant. And so far... We're creating some momentum, all right? It's only week three, so hopefully by week 12 and week 13, we'll have some serious momentum, but we can tell that the grassroots movement that you guys are helping us with is really coming around, uh, and we really, really appreciate that. Hit us up. We've talked to you. You've emailed the show. I've emailed you back. Coobs has emailed you back. Jack has emailed you back, so we appreciate you guys reaching out at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. We're going to get to your mailbag questions. I can promise you we will get there. We have a long list of them. We're going to start checking those off here in the days and weeks to come. All right. Hit us up in social media at always CFB. Give us a, a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me at Greg McElroy. I'll steer you in that direction. Feels like half my content is always college football related content. So I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for the interaction. It's been a lot of fun so far and it will continue to be really fun. Tomorrow we have a great show. We're going to get into the Gimme 5 segments, five under the radar games, five of the biggest games of the weekend. So make sure you check back with us tomorrow. We're going to have a great show for you as always, like we do every single Friday. For all of us at Always College Football, he's Mark Kubiak, Jack Foster. I'm Greg McElroy. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's Always College Football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.